Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, y'all? Another episode of First and Foxborough. I'm Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you download, subscribe. Listen, stream it on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. I promised it a little bit earlier in the week. I teased it for you. Now we got the man. Took it took a while. You know, it, it, it took it took a, a lot of DMs. Uh, you don't even know how many over the past couple of weeks, but we made it happen. Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media and Next Gen Stats is back with the program. Let's go. What's going on, Taylor? How you doing? I'm happy to be back, man. I'm sorry I've been so annoying. Just like a lot of stuff's popping up. I had a birthday last week, and that's kind of, you know, throwing off the whole schedule. But I'm back. I'm happy to be here. Do some uh, little State of the Union of the Pats. Yes, sir. Uh, fellow Scorpios, man, you had your birthday. I'm going to have mine in, uh, what now? What's today? Today's the ninth. Yeah, 11 days. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, on on actually uh, a Pats Jets day for the home game. That's going to be my birthday. Okay. Celebrated at Gillette Stadium. You know, another year older, 33 trips around the sun, uh, you know, uh, well, no, 32 trips around the sun completed, and then it'll be 33 that I will be embarking on on that day. But enough about me, enough about enough about all this, this, uh, you know, birthday extra nonsense. We got to talk about, we got to talk about what the hell's going on with these New England Patriots. All right, right. First, the question on everybody's mind right now, is Mac Jones broken? I mean, look, I think that I know that's that's an extreme way to put it, but that's that's how I hear people phrasing it. And the last two weeks have just simply not looked that good. I've seen flashes of things that look all right, but this is not how we expected it to look coming into this year. What is going on with Mac Jones? So I'm not so sure it's fair to say he's broken because, frankly, there's a lot of dropbacks where I think he's making the most of a pretty rough situation. You've got the pass rush issues where, you know, Cole Strange, uh, what he said, the coaches told him was that it was a fundamental issue. It's led to some moments in the run game, issues in pass protection when he's one-on-one, which is also a contributing factor that I mean, he needs to win his one-on-one matchups, you know, in those situations for sure. But David Andrews being out for the past couple of games because of a dirty hit has really hurt them. Uh, James Ferenc is an undersized center. And they clearly have a lot of trust in him. But at the same time, 
you see the funk strength really isn't there. The combo blocks aren't as effective. You're seeing him get pushed back a lot. Um, and obviously, Mac Jones is a pocket passer. It's not a situation you want to have going on too often. And then you had the issues with Isaiah Wynn, who I actually thought looked a lot better when he was playing guard last week. He lost two or three reps one-on-one against DeForest Buckner, which that's why God put DeForest Buckner on this earth, was to win one-on-one matchups. So, you know, they looked bad. I'm not going to pretend they didn't. But at the same time, that's an all-pro player, top five at his position. You know, and was, that was Isaiah Wynn's first time starting at guard. Uh, so I, I I give him some leeway for that, especially because most of the game he was really good. When he was one-on-one against Grover Stewart, who's much more of an elite nose tackle, you know, run stopper than he is a pass rusher, that's still a big dude. And Isaiah Wynn was able to lock him down one-on-one. Uh, combo locks saw Isaiah Wynn and James Renz handle Forrest Buckner mostly because of Wynn. Um, and he was helping out also Trent Brown on some uh, blocks when he just was looking for some way to help out and wasn't uh, occupied in the passing game. So I think Isaiah was a bright spot for sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, right tackle, you had Yanni Kajust out there last week. He looked pretty – he looked really good as a run blocker. I thought he was pretty dominant. But at the same time, he gave up a lot of pressures against Quiddy Pay, including a sack. Mm-hmm. Quiddy Pay, that was one of his best games as well. So, you know, credit to him. He's a very good young rusher. Um, and then also to Kajus credit in the second half, although the Patriots didn't do as many straight dropbacks where Kajus had to pass block one-on-one, he had a much more quiet second half than he did the first half when he was kind of getting rocked. So it'll be interesting to see where they settle. I'm not sure if we're going to talk about that later, so I'm not going to get too much away. But, I mean, the offensive line needs to improve. And beyond that, there's some play calls where I think Matt Patricia has had some good moments. I, I think people need to kind of relax on thinking that he's just completely incompetent. And, you know, there's growing pains. He's still a first-year OC. But there's times where in certain situations, there's too many downfield routes for a Uh team that can't consistently pass block. It's one thing if you got those Patriots lines where you can sit back there, you know, you get a little – an extra second than you normally get, and Matt can be comfortable knowing that he's got his guys around to protect. Maybe he has to step up, but that's about it. Most of the time, it's Matt having to do a lot in the pocket just to get him set or he's having to throw – you know, make throws where he doesn't look quite comfortable. Uh, you see him running a lot, which when you're looking at the broadcast, makes it seem he's not processing things well. But then when you look at the All-22, a lot of the times he's trying to run, it's like, all right, I really can't blame you because it wasn't a really great pocket. Guys are necessarily open once the rush is getting there, so he's trying to just pick up first downs. And a lot of their first downs the past couple weeks have been because of Mac Jones' legs, which is not very to live in. So I think it's a much more complex issue than is Mac broken. And frankly, I think he's been a big reason that they've even any confidence in the passing game. You know, I thought about it after the Jets game. I don't know that I felt it quite as much after the Colts, but definitely after the Jets game, when it looked in real time, like he had a really, really rough game. And I went back and watched it. I'm like, you know what? Actually, I think he did fine. And mm-hmm. I think some of the, the plays that he was getting knocked for was kind of like, okay, I can see why he did what he did, why he was thinking about that. And then there, there have been a couple of moments in each of these last couple of games where there'll be a drive or a couple of plays where I'm like, okay, that looks like Mac Jones, where he's hitting his mm-hmm. back foot and he's getting the ball out, or he's using his eye manipulation. And, and I, I, I feel like it's still there. It's, it's in there. He can make these plays, but I just feel like the offense – I mean, you spent all that time talking about the offensive line, and then you talk mm-hmm. about some of the plays where it's like four verts and a check down to, to the sideline, and it's mm-hmm. like how that, – that, 
people are like, why didn't he just throw that? Or like, why didn't he just do X? That's like his, I don't even have to know the play to know that that's probably his third or fourth read. And you got people mm-hmm. asking, well, why didn't he just turn and throw the check down to the, the like, you know, choice route to JJ Taylor, who's going away from him. He's not looking that way. And I'm just kind of like, we, there's, there's too much Madden talk to me where it's like, yeah. people act like yeah. he can see the whole screen. And why didn't he just mm-hmm. hit E to the guy who's open over there? <laughs> open. And it's like, that's not where his eyes are supposed to start. He talked about yeah. that. He's talked about that a couple of times, not getting too caught up in what he calls the false reality. What's on the still frames, what's on the tablet, as long as he's doing what he's coached and his eyes are starting in the right place, which is you could say every once in a while that it's not always where it's supposed to be. But I think that more often than not, I, I, I think he's probably been better off than we think the production, the production just hasn't been there. For sure. And then you hear also that he's not seeing the field. Well, I even said that. And I, I was kind of embarrassed because usually I try to hold off on saying things like that when I'm watching the broadcast because you truly don't know until you watch the All-22. But it was just so alarming against the Bears to see how much he was running, oh, yeah. how disheveled he looked. And then coming off injury when Zappy's hot and the offense is great and then Matt comes in and everything looks tougher. And I even also detailed once I saw the All-22 that Mac was getting all these down throws where he, he didn't really have anybody to go to. To me, it's and, like it's like people have, have kind of pushed back on this and whatnot. Like, if I'm gonna be complete, they have not been running the same offense. Yeah, they right. they have the they have the same overall game plan. I'm sure they practice all the same plays, but they are not running the same offense. And then at the same time, they're they're doing more quick pass game. They had more RPOs against the Jets than I think they have since Matt got there. So there's baby steps in the right direction. You're seeing more of Matt getting in situations where he can get the ball out quicker. But another problem they're having is ball distribution. It's from Andre Stevenson, it's Jacoby Myers, and then it's, you know, everybody's kind of in the same area where they've only got like 15 targets. And we got an offense with guys like Kendrick Bourne, who had a fumble last week, and, you know, there's clearly something going on behind the scenes where he's not – I think actually touches and their efforts to get him the ball has kind of gone up in the past couple of weeks. I think there's an effort there. But, I mean, we're not seeing as many opportunities for Tyquan Thornton, who – I need to take a closer look at him specifically, but there's also a lot of times where it feels like he may not be looking for the ball as early as he should. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know that for a fact. I'm not trying to start anything. Right. But you know, it's it's curious that he's got all this talent and everything, but you're not seeing him used quite as much or targeted as much, even though there's a large role, which has to do with Devontae Parker's injury, Nelson Aguilar kind of falling off like he did last year. Um, but I mean, the distribution needs to be better because it can't just be option route to Ramondre or crossing route to Jacoby every drop back because that's this entire offense is. And then you're also putting Jacoby Myers in situations where he's like having to make people miss. And I think he's gotten better at that. And he's great at fighting for those extra presentations where he needs it. But on early downs, like I don't really need you giving Myers a bubble screen on first down, like give that to one of the guys who's electric with all in their hands. Johnu, for example, like, you know, you're seeing even in the quick game, a lot of these are uh, passes like the quick outs and stick routes are going to hunt and who's very good in that area. And he's a great chain mover. But why not give Johnu more chances beyond just the really easy stuff? It just, you know, and I don't know when I'm behind the scenes. I'm sure there's reasons like they're seeing these guys in practice. I'm sure they're not trying to say, let's have a two man offense. But there's just a lot that is left to be desired from this offense in terms of the ball distribution, what, like who they're giving the ball to. And at the same time, you know, things aren't easy. So I understand why Myers is the focal point. He deserves it. He is the most consistent player they have. 
he and Ramondre Stevenson, and it's not close. But I think going forward, you need to find ways to get other people involved because it's just a two-man show, and you can't operate an offense like that, especially one that's already struggling. You know what? I know that you're an appreciator of Justin Fields. You know I'm an appreciator of Justin Fields. Yes. Mac oh, Jones yeah. is not Justin Fields. We don't we don't mm-hmm. need to have that debate. But I keep coming back to the fact that after the Bears' little mini buy, that was a disjointed offense too. That I feel like didn't know what it wanted to be, didn't know how to use Justin Fields. And since that Patriots game, he has been just something completely different. OK, yeah. and, and, and and again, you could point to, oh, yeah, well, he can run a four four and he's can, he's got an absolute bazooka for an arm. Yeah. OK, yeah, sure. All that's true. But I think it comes down more to the point that the Bears looked at Justin Fields and said, you know what? We are going to put the game in your control. You get to dictate the action now. We're going to do what makes you comfortable. And then you go out and do your thing. And every bit of his game has elevated since then. I want to ask you, from from your perspective, how do the Patriots do that? I'm not talking about scheming quarterback sweeps or anything like that, but how do you get Mac Jones in control of this offense and build an offense in his image? Because to me, that feels like the thing the Patriots need to do in the bye week and the only thing they have to do during the bye week. Yeah, one is just making it easier considering the personnel they have. One thing that keeps coming to mind for me is more downfield RPOs because right now all their pass tags to all these plays are screens. So you're starting behind line of scrimmage and then you're saying like, all right, go make a play. And the thing is when you see teams like the Dolphins who don't have a great offensive line and they struggle in that department and they also are more of a passing team than the Patriots. The Patriots want the ball. At the same time, The RPOs are giving their receivers so many more opportunities. And also in the run game, because you're putting these defenders in legitimate conflict, it's not, okay, I didn't have to worry about a bubble screen. It's, are you running a curl right behind my ear? And as soon as I commit to the run, you throw and you're already three yards downfield. But now you got all this space to work with. Or even the glance routes that Mac used to love in college, where it's essentially just a slant right behind these guys. Literally just just steal from Miami. Steal from Tua. And it's it, it's such a good scheme because it, it's you got these superstar players and you're in Miami. What happens when it's maximized? And I'm not saying that would work for everybody, but these are things that Mac did well in college. And I just think you need something to make things easier, Mac, and the receivers give them some confidence and see what they do well. Because clearly, what's happening now is not working. I don't really like their under center passing. I understand they want to be a run first team, and you know I think the run under center run game will get better once David Andrews gets back. Play action, he nearly enough time back there. A lot of teams are basically just blitzing or rushing very hard upfield, and it's more like, all right, in these certain situations where it's like second down and 10 yards to go, you know, you're going to play the pass on the way to the run. So by the time he's looking, he's got immediate pressure, and the quick passes aren't really do much either. So I just think you got to kind of, and I don't think this is something the Patriots will do. It's just in my little headcanon. I'd love to see them go more towards the shotguns. You have more of a spread attack where you're making life difficult on the defenses schematically. And then you're putting yourself in better situations. Like first and second down, those are where teams are. That's where you see the best of the best. The teams that can convert on first down or at least put themselves in a situation where they're down, they don't have to go eight or more yards. And that's where the Patriots are living consistently. 
We've seen last year that when they're in third and medium, third and manageable situations, they're fine. They're one of the best third down teams in the league. But when you have the penalties and you have the tackles for loss in the run game because you decide to run a toss on second and like it, these things are just put making things so much harder where you see these other quarterbacks that are trusted to go like, all right, spread on second and 10, let at least guy the ball, not on a screen, but, you know, a quick little, you know, three yard route and see what he can do. And then maybe we set up a 35, not just putting yourselves in these horrible positions where you have to get eight yards to convert a third down when you're not built to do that when the defense knows it's coming. So one thing I'm thinking about with that, they go to the shotgun a lot, but as you said, it's like a lot of downfield routes and it's not necessarily a, a ton of the, the quick game that you would expect from just kind of a spread attack. So I wonder if they'll, if they'll adjust that, right? Because you could say, like, oh yeah, they go to the shotgun all the time. But again, it just doesn't look like it makes sense. I'll say, I'll say one thing before I move on that I noticed that um, finally in the second quarter, they, they were dialing up all these downfield concepts and then they were like, you know what? Maybe we should make the check down a crosser this time and have it be over the ball and it'll be an easier right. thing to, to complete. And they did it and got themselves into third and short. So it's like, yes, more of that. We will see what their adjustments are, but we talk a lot about the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Okay. Right now, in terms of EPA per play, that's estimated points added per play, this defense is on pace to be better than it was last year. Then again, we got to know how last year ended where it wasn't very good and they got beat up over the last five games and got completely run off the field against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. When you look at this year's iteration of the Patriots defense, is it for real? Is it more impressive than last year's or are we looking at more fool's gold here in your opinion? It's really tough because we've seen for the past two years that this defense will shut down bad offenses which is as much as you can really ask for. You know, if you're playing a rookie quarterback or second-year quarterback who really hasn't shown much, then the expectation is that a talented veteran team is going to be able to handle that. Now, the, this is the tough stretch of the year. So I, as much as I want to make a declaration on whether they're phonies or, you know, whether they're legit, we haven't really seen them go up against many teams where you get a clear picture. I think against the Ravens, they that was kind of the closest that they were going to see to a real legitimate playoff contender. And a lot of the big plays that they gave up outside of the QB run game, but in the passing game, it was a lot of plays where you're just like, damn, that was just Lamar being Lamar or Mark Andrews being Mark Andrews, where, you know, when you play against these great yeah. teams, like when we play the Bills, they're going to make their plays. You can't expect to shut down all these great offenses. But I think, one, the pass rush looks legit. I think Josh Husey has really taken a step. I think Judon, as great as he's been, a lot of this production has come with the help of his teammates, like Daniel McWally. Uh, Lawrence I helped him get a sack as well. Also some bad skimming by the Colts, blocking with a running back. Have no idea what that was about. Um, but I think they have a lot of pieces, Dietrich-wise, having a season as well. So I think the defensive front is legit. I think we're really going to see down the stretch, can these linebackers hang? You know, I think Drew Bentley is as solid as they come, uh, considering what his role is and his physical profile and the fact that he really isn't a liability in coverage. He's just somebody that uh, you don't want out there in obvious pass situations. What I'll be interested to see is how they improve their zone defense. I think in man, they're fine. I, especially with these younger corners like Marcus mm -hmm. Jones and Jack Jones, I think you're seeing that their athleticism really pop out in those mono-e-mono -e -mono situations. But in zone, 
consistently they've had guys behind them because they're not getting enough depth. Whereas you see teams like the Colts and the Jets who play a lot of zone, they're getting all the way back and saying, all right, you can get the check down, but we'll tackle you before you get any significant yardage and make you put together these long drives. And we saw against Fields, we saw against Zach Wilson, that at times it just, you see there's not a lot of experience there because they're just not getting nearly deep enough. And then it's creating these big opportunities downfield. I think one of the biggest areas of concern for me on a defense that's been fantastic is whether or not they can adjust when teams are in situations where the Patriots don't know what's coming and force them into zone coverage, especially against a team like the Bills, where we saw when they go in man, uh, man, man situations and third manageable situations, you can dial up a quarterback run where you get the numbers advantage and make them pay in those situations. So there's got to be a level of ability to adapt to those situations and if they can, I think we'll see them continue to be a dominant unit. But if they're against these teams where, you know, they aren't ahead and they really don't know what's coming and are forced to play a lot of zone, then, you know, if they can't if they can't uh, improve their depth drops and things like that, I think it could uh, lead to some below average performances relative to what we've seen from them. Real quick, kind of rapid fire last couple of questions. Okay. Who's your MVP so far for the Patriots this year? Damn, I kind of want to go with Mike Onwenu. It's for not to. He's been fantastic every single game. He's the one. He's the rock. He's so consistent. I wish they'd put him at right tackle, like at a premium position, because it feels like he's kind of. It feels like putting him at guard right now is a luxury. And I know it's weird to go with not the line. I mean, the guy's been not only. I don't want to say solid. That's disrespectful. He's been dominant. Um. So you know, on an offense that's lacked any consistency, um, I would. Almost want to put Ramondre Stevenson in that mix as well, just because of how fantastic he's been and how he's carried the offense on his back. Um, the defense has been really good, but I, in as great as Judon has been, I think a lot of his production, like I said, has also been credit to his teammate well. Um, but again, he's also been great. So if I could split it, I'd go on Wenu Judon, but just because on raw consistency and the fact that he's weathered the storm through some tough situations on the offensive line, I would give the edge to on Wenu. I mean, you're right. I, I feel like he get he, he gets overlooked. I, I've been calling Ramondre Stevenson the best player on offense, but I mean mm. that's that's you know a skill player. But in terms of just the most consistent week in week out, you're right. You're absolutely right. Mm. It's definitely Almonte. I mean, he just continually just quietly grades out like among the you know best offensive linemen in football every single week, and yep. just nobody's getting through him. I mean, he had like. The Bears game when he got trucked on that one was like, oh my God, that's people can do that to Michael Winu. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> that, that was because he was injured. He had his wasn't he dealing with the ankle injury week? I'm I'm not sure, but maybe, maybe that was a thing because I've just never seen that. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he had a lower body injury. And I posted that and then somebody pointed it out. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm deleting it. I'm not gonna slander him because it happens so rarely. Just an injury is enough for me to be like, okay, that's not that on him. You know, that was just one rep. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. Now, post by prediction. Let, let let's let's just kind of think about it real quick, right? They're five and four. They are one spot mm -hmm. out of the playoffs at this point in time. They're literally right there. And it's funny because every AFC East team is in the playoffs except for the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> that could that could change. On, on that on that Pats Jets game because I I personally feel like look the Jet the, the Jets are clearly a good team I just don't believe in mm -hmm. Zach Wilson so I, I I feel like they could win that That's game but but look from here on out 
there are a gauntlet of games on that schedule. They don't look quite as intimidating as we thought they did. That Raiders team sucks. They're bad. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I, I I can't believe that. And then you know the the Cardinals are pretty beatable, right? Very beatable. Mm-hmm. The Bengals yeah. looking pretty beatable. So is there a chance we're going to see this Patriots team go nine and eight and sneak into the wild card? Okay, so as much as I want to split the Bills games, I got to be realistic. Yeah. I, I think they're losing both of those. Yeah. Bengals, Bengals, I think, have a lot of size and can really make it a game. I'm also a firm believer in Joe Mixon. I think really good, although the Patriots have also been great run defense when there's not a quarterback to think about. Um, that's a tough one. I think the Vikings, I think the Vikings is a loss. I got to say. Cardinals, the only reason they scare me is if they are like, okay, we will run with Kyler Murray. Like, we're making you show that you can bend him, which is the only reason I really find that game a toss-up. Um, so, realistically, damn, I could see them splitting, honestly. I could I could very much see them going uh, – What? how many games they got left? What's the math? One, two, three, four. Yeah, so you got eight nine, games left. Right. I can see them going four and four with, you know, the Bills games, obviously – and then just Miami, too, obviously. In Miami is always tough, so you can't give them the win there either, necessarily. It's just uh, – No, this I'm one's going to be in Foxborough. Oh, it is going to be oh, That's right. Oh, my God. See? Oh, my – I drank the coffee, and I'm still behind. All right, so that gives them a little bit more of a chance. Um, but it's it's still such a good team. That's tough. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's really hard, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with the split at the end of the year, honestly, because they're playing some real good teams. Teams, like you said, that aren't performing as well as we thought. Um, like the Raiders, I think that's against game you gotta win. Um, Bengals, I think they can pull that out. I'll give them the edge there. But um, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> it's gonna be tough to get any wins, even inside the division in the second half of the season. You know, this is gonna be a tough one. I don't see that being any, anything close to a cakewalk, um, despite them be having a comfortable win last week again because of Zach Wilson. So um, yeah, I'm gonna stop rambling. I'm going with a split. All right, and that would put them at nine and eight. Now the now the, mm-hmm. the question is because that's what I had them at for the season was nine and eight. And the question is going to be: Is that enough to make the playoffs? It just might be. I didn't think it was going to in the AFC, but it just might be. Taylor Kyles from CLNS Media, Next Gen Stats man, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a treat talking to you on here, interacting with you on Twitter. One of the best tape dudes out there. If you're a Patriots fan and you're not following him, you are making a major mistake and you should go correct that right now. Even if you're not a Patriots fan, you just want to learn stuff about football, then follow this man anyway. That's why I'm, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying, okay, I'm decreeing it right now. Pull over in your car if you're driving. Um, you know, if you're, if you're doing anything around the house, hit follow on this man on Twitter. Taylor, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, brother. Good to see you.